Leading Edge Medicine provides only general medical information. Since everyone's individual situation is unique, you should consult your own physician before taking any action related to your personal health. All content of this program is intended for general informational purposes only. Good morning and welcome to Leading Edge Medicine with Dr. Jerry Mixon and Dr. Samira Umet. Leading Edge Medicine is sponsored by Longevity Medical Clinics and is devoted to helping you feel and function better tomorrow than you do today by providing the newest and most advanced medical care designed to improve both your body and your brain. Leading Edge Medicine will keep you informed regarding the very latest developments in science and medicine while highlighting some of the Northwest's most prominent physicians, all while helping you separate the science from the silly and the facts from the fiction. This is live call-in radio at its very best, giving you the opportunity to participate in the show. And now, here are your hosts for Leading Edge Medicine, Dr. Jerry Mixon and Dr. Samira Umat, along with their co-host, Lynette Morgan. And Lynette Morgan's voice has uh, gone down a little bit, changed a little bit today. (laughs) Mark Holland filling in for Lynette this week, and uh, we have a very full studio, not just Mark filling in, but we have all of the doctors in studio, plus one extra. So, Dr. Mixon, why don't you introduce our special guest today? Well, we have two special guests. We have Mark, okay. too. Why don't well, you that's talk true. about yeah. <laughs> That's right. Because uh, everybody's uh, wondering what happened to Lynette. Well, actually, it was what happened to Jerry Berg. Yeah, uh, you know, true. Jerry, Jerry uh, died yes. uh, a while back, and I needed someone to take his place. And now Mark is filling in both for Jerry Berg and for Lynette's. Well, there here. you go. I yeah. And then for that, too. Yeah. And, and so. you know, we miss Jerry, and uh, we hope he's fine wherever he is. Yep. Uh, but Jerry found Mark for us. So, Mark, we're very happy to have you. Yeah. And when I it saw you. It was quite a quick transition there. He held on right to the last he minute. He really did. Yeah, he did. And, and, you know, he and I used to record Beautiful You together, and then you stepped in seamlessly. So I appreciated that. Thank you very much. And then I met you today for the first time. And everybody person, listening, yeah. I have to tell you, he's tall. He's really very tall. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's almost as tall as I am. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, welcome, uh, Mark. Glad Happy to, to have here. you. And then, of so, course. Go ahead and introduce her for us. Okay. Oh, sure. I would love to. Since my you work with her every day in the, cl- in the That's clinic. That's right. My colleague in my Kirkland Clinic. Very happy to have Dr. Christine Brazel here with us, too. Say hello, Christine. Good morning, Samir. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, Mark. Morning. Yeah, we've uh, had. Move a little closer to the microphone or move the microphone closer to you. There Either we go. Is that a little better? That is definitely a whole lot better. Dr. Brazel has been with us for a while now in the Kirkland Clinic. She's a full time physician. Very, very happy to have her join us in the clinic. She brings a radiance and a lot of knowledge to the medical team and we appreciate her knowledge and appreciate her being with us and appreciate her as a person and as a friend. So thank you for being here today. Thank you, Samira. And I guess we normally start off with a little medical update and I guess, you know, it's really interesting. Um, The actual COVID, the true emergency died a year ago and the government finally got around to admitting it last month. Um, and now finally we're starting to see research papers being published on COVID and long COVID, et cetera. And it's turning out that this particular virus has a propensity for fat. It grows in fat cells, which is why the fattest people are the, are the ones that died the most. So, um, you know, being overweight gave you a 650% increased risk of of being hospitalized or killed by by COVID. But it also is a neurologic virus, and it hits brains and peripheral nervous system uh, pretty heavily. So there's now been a a raft of papers being published on uh, long neurologic sequela, people with memory and concentration issues, uh, depression, Fatigue, and it looks like it's hitting the microglia, the, the the supporting cells in the brain that that kind of hold everything together, uh, can develop long-term inflammatory processes after a COVID infection. Mm, interesting. So, hey, Jerry, does it cause any demyelination? I have not yet seen a paper mm. or triggering demyelination diseases. So okay. we, you know, we're not seeing an increase in MS or lateralizing sclerosis or anything like that. But depression, fatigue, memory issues are frighteningly common in people with long COVID. Wow. Okay. And um, <clears throat> so, 
you know, I think we're going to be living with the sequela of this for quite some time. Mm-hmm. I mean, we do see it in the clinics as well, right? A lot of our patients express a lot of these symptoms. And sometimes some weeks we see a lot and then on others we don't. But mm-hmm. I do hear it more frequently now. Maybe I'm in tune more or not. I don't know. But it certainly is seems to be the topic of the week mm-hmm. or the month and has been since COVID. Yeah. A lot of social isolation also precluded to that and yeah. um, depression symptoms, anxiety. And then, therefore, the impact of, you know, work versus not going back to work or, yeah. you know, and people talk about that. I tell them. We didn't close clinics for a single day. Nope. There were weeks where nobody came in, but our team was there. We were all there. Mm-hmm. And then we started calling and saying, hey, come on back. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, our team tends to be a relatively healthy group, and healthy, lean people are in almost no danger from COVID. Yeah. I mean, that's just the, the, the real world. If you have a suppressed immune system from, you know, chemotherapy or radiation, yes. You know, um, if you've got a, a leukemia, yeah. you know, if you're a, a poorly controlled diabetic, but the single biggest risk factor was just weight. Mm. You know, the fatter you are, the, f- the higher the risk of dying. Mm. But that's true for almost every disease in America today. Mm. You mm. know, I mean, being overweight causes at least 50% of the medical care expenses in America. Mm. You know, if we were a lean country, we could cut the cost of medical care by at least 50% Mm. and uh, have a a significant extension of our lifespan. Mm. You know, I mean, you you triple dementia, 2.7%, you know, 270% increase in heart attacks and strokes, Um, you know, diabetes six times higher than lean people, Um, you know, degenerative arthritis, you know, is is a little better than doubled. So, you know, if you look at diabetes, heart attacks, strokes, dementia, and degenerative diseases, um, all triggered by being overweight. And 22% of all the cancer in America triggered by being overweight. Mm. I mean, if we could make this a lean country, just that one change Mm. would make a profound impact on lifespan and health span in America. Um, So... Oh, well, you know, I can control what I eat. I can't control what other people do. I mean, that is very true. Uh, but also, I was reading recently that uh, people who exercise regularly actually perceive pain a lot less yes. than yeah. those who don't. Well, and and here's uh, an interesting one for all of our people that have either had a breast cancer or have, are worried about getting one or have had a family issue. Women who after their breast cancer diagnosis, take up exercise, take up a regular exercise, have a 25% better survival than those who stay sedentary. Mm-hmm. And this is just exercise. You're not That's talking about exercise. weight loss. I'm not talking about any, any dietary change. I'm not talking yeah. about weight loss. The only change being just getting out and exercising mm. improves survival by 25%. Yeah, you know, if we had a drug that did that. Everybody would well, buy it. You know, <laughs> that's so true. I mean, we get lulled into complacency. You know, there are days when I'll go home and I'll be motivated to work out, and then there are days when I could just sit. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's in a mind. It's your mindset. Sometimes I know the weather plays a role, but I think at the end of the day, we all make excuses. Somebody said to me, "You don't work out because you haven't made it a priority." If you made time to work out, you would work out. Everybody's got the same 24 hours in a day. Yeah. You know, if, if some of us have time. Some of us pretend we don't. Yeah, but it's pretense. It really is. I, you know, we, we prioritize other things above our health. So, yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm lazy. Once I get to work, I'm working. Mm-hmm. So I have to do the bulk of my exercise first thing in the morning. That's why you know I'm up at five. I have breakfast by six, and I'm out on the trails by six fifteen, six thirty, and get in my miles before I go to work. Because if I don't do it before I go to work, 
I'm not likely to do it. Yeah. I've often said that the way you do your lifestyle is probably better than what most people do, which is eat a big breakfast, eat a lighter lunch, and eat nothing uh, in the evening. Mm -hmm. And then it's like intermittent fasting after lunch till breakfast the next day. But for most of us um, that are rushing out of the door in the morning, (laughs) barely together, (laughs) and huffing and puffing up the stairs to the office. (laughs) Well, at least you huff and puff up the stairs instead of taking the elevator. That's I do. I was talking to you on the phone the other day, and huffing and puffing, and I, know, and I, I was, was thinking, you said, what is he thinking? I'm said, walking up to the I office. Did, I, I said, either Sunil's getting lucky this morning, or she's exercising. I'm not sure which. Well, if Sunil but, got lucky, you would get unlucky, because I would not be in the office. So. Okay. <laughs> okay, no, enough. Um, so, um, but, uh, yeah, but we're walking, rushing out of the door, you know. Either you have to wake up early to work out and eat, or you wake it, wake, sleep in and make it to office on time. That's right, and I prefer to sleep in and make it to the office on time. That's why and, I get up at five. And, and <laughs> <laughs> that's right, you do. And then you know, lunch is hit or miss. Um, and so, evening meal is by far and away the most common wheel, meal that my family and I eat together. Mm-hmm. And. It depends upon when I get home, what we prepare. So now it's not me. It's like whoever gets home first, we try. Um, and whatever we have prepped, either you're a good prepper or you're not. I'm not a good prepper. I go by the seat of my pants. So okay. it's a hit or a miss. But it is the only meal that we will have together. So we do make an emphasis. In which case, then my intermittent fast is after dinner till dinner the next day. <laughs> Except for coffee. Except for coffee. Well, you know. Nectar of the gods, coffee, yes. So, no, which is, I have always said, you can't beat a mocha, you know, sugar, caffeine, chocolate. You know. Is that <laughs> what's hidden in your mug? I just have an Americano. Okay. <laughs> With Splenda. Okay. Oh, yeah. Anyway. So, today, what are we going to talk about? First of all, what, Mark, actually, we ha- yeah. yeah. Why don't you give out some phone numbers so that yeah, we actually already have online. a couple of people standing by, oh, good. and uh, we can take your call as well. That call the phone number eight hundred four six five eight seven seven zero. That's eight hundred four six five eight seven seven zero for your questions for Doctor Mixon, Doctor Umet, or maybe uh, Doctor Razzle Brazel. 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 You told me that's how you Brazel Razzle Dazzle. That's yes, right. Doctor Brazzle. Uh, we'll find out more. What her expertise is here in just a moment. But uh, do we want to take a first call right now? Well, or? actually, shall we let just mention about the gallery? Oh, fair the gallery. Yeah, that's right. We'll that's talk right. about it periodically okay. today. Yeah. But. Yeah, well, if you all recall, a few months ago, we did a special on the gallery test. And this was a, a test, simple blood test, but it tests for 50 different cancer markers. Mm. It's a screening test. If it comes up positive, we have to do confirmation tests. But 50 different tests. Now, it's a little on the pricey, 1250 bucks, which is $25 per cancer, uh, which is pretty reasonable, $25 per cancer. And it's the only test I know that will screen for 50 different cancers. But in an effort to encourage people, we have taken our already heavily discounted lab work, the that big 70-page lab panel that we do, uh, it's been 600 bucks and it's over $2,000 for the lab work. Yeah, now we're cutting it down to 250 bucks if they do it with the, the gallery. gallery test, right. So you can get our great big panel in addition to the gallery test for what is it? 1495. 1495. Yeah. So $1,495, you end up that way with your thousand dollar plus gallery test and our two thousand dollar plus lab work <laughs> so three plus grand worth of stuff for f- half that yeah for 50 percent off yeah which is pretty good which is pretty good and that'll be on uh, june 24th at the kirkland clinic um so you do have to call to book your appointment and um obviously since we offer gallery to all of our patients this is for anybody who's not a patient right and so any listeners who are interested in knowing what their um, risk for cancer is or want to do a test for early detection and are curious about what their other panel is, they can book this and that'll allow them one hour of a doctor visit with any of our doctors in the Kirkland team. And uh, we will book that through the clinic. They'll fill out a medical questionnaire 
and um, and we were very uh, we actually got a very good turnout for it last time we did this mm -hmm. and so I thought that we'd try it again see if there are other people who are curious want to know more about their own health so this will okay. be an opportunity all right and then I have a whole nother one in mind for August It'll be Dr. Mixon's birthday special. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Well, hey, timeless. To, to book that appointment uh, at the Kirkland studio, I think you can just uh, call our main number, which is 866-86-YOUNG. That's 866-86-YOUNG. That's on June 24th, the Kirkland Clinic Gallery Health Fair. Just ask about that to uh, book your appointment. We'll be back with several calls in just a moment, and you can call in your questions as well. It is Leading Edge Medicine, brought to you by Longevity Medical Clinic. Aging gracefully is a terrible option. Learn to live to your fullest potential. It's a lot more fun. Call with your question at 1-800-465-8770. That's 800-465-8770. Stay tuned for more. Pete Talbot here again for a good friend of mine, Dr. Michael Gilbert of Northwest Vision Institute in Bellevue and Kirkland. My wife Vicki and I have been seeing him for over 20 years, but most importantly, Michael and his entire medical team are simply amazing, offering what virtually no other clinics offer, an advanced ocular exam. Honestly, it's like Dr. McCoy on Star Trek compared to the typical eye exam you're used to. For nearly 40 years now, I've been researching and interviewing physicians throughout the country. And I can tell you, whether it's LASIK, RLE, refractive cataract surgery, retina, or dry eye problems, without question. Dr. Gilbert and all the doctors at Northwest Vision Institute are some of the most advanced in the Pacific Northwest. To schedule your advanced ocular exam, go to nwvision.com, nwvision.com, or you can call 425-450-2020, 425-450-2020. I think it's a wonderful thing. It's not a reacting after the problems. It's trying to prevent the problems from happening in the first place. And the thing I like the most about everything that I've learned is it all makes very logical and intuitive sense. Jim Rose Are you singing? No. Mm. You gotta remember, I have a range of three notes. <laughs> I hit all three of them with enthusiasm whenever they come by, but uh, the rest of my singing is pretty poor. People are calling 800-465-8770 with their questions, and we have actually quite a few people already on the line this morning. Let's go to John in <coughs> Vancouver. What's your question for the doctors, John? Hello, John. Got a quick, got a quick one. Used to use it for clean, household cleaning, but now I got a flyer for Borax. Borax. Okay. How can we help you today, John? It's supposed to lower your blood pressure. Borax. Uh, Borax. All right. It says it lowers your blood pressure and your uh, A1C. Any truth to that? No, I have no idea. Absolutely none. I have never really researched borax and lipid levels and blood pressure. I suppose, you know, if you overdose and it kills you, your blood pressure drops to zip. But that's, <laughs> uh, I remember the 20 mule team borax thing. They used to use yeah. it as a laundry detergent. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have no idea about human beings consuming borax. <laughs> We're starting the day off where they stump the doctor. So. Uh, well, not really. I uh, called you a couple of months ago about a high uh, uh, estradiol count. And uh, you said it was probably an error made at the uh, at the lab. lab. Yeah. Most likely. It, tur it turns out to be this. I got turned over to the uh, University of Oregon Health and Science University. They uh -huh. told me to stop taking all supplements for three weeks and then run a test. I stopped all supplements, took the test, everything normal. 
Yep. So they didn't they didn't know which supplement did it, but <laughs> they knew it was one of them. Okay, well, the, either that or the first lab test was not accurate. Either way, but yes. You know, if, if you're going to repeat the lab work to find out if it was a glitch, you need to keep everything else the same. If you change your regimen and then you do it, then you don't know whether it was the first lab test was a glitch or if it was something that you were doing that you stopped. Um, you know, the scientific method is you change one variable at a time, not a whole bunch of them. But, uh, you know, about all you can do is you take your supplement list in, you sit down with your doctor, you go through your supplements, and you see which ones they think might have an impact on aromatase uh, production. See, there's a there's a a hormone in human tissues, primarily in fat, called aromatase that converts testosterone into estradiol, because testosterone and estradiol are only one hydroxyl group difference. So anything that dehydroxylates the testosterone makes it into estrogen. And since that enzyme is very abundant in human fat, the heavier a man is, the higher his estrogen tends to run. Um, but when I see a guy that's had normal estrogens and they suddenly jump up, that's when I start suspecting it might be the lab. Yeah, that makes me think something happened at the lab too, Jerry. Yeah, because... You know, they well, sometimes they change a reagent. Uh, like, remember, we had an issue many years ago where, and it is by LabCorp, where a different protein molecule was being measured as estrogen and it was yes. causing patients' estradiol levels to go up. Well, yeah, or they, the lab tests said they went up, yeah, but they really didn't, but they really didn't, yeah, right? Because there yeah. was a protein being produced, mm -hmm. and but that was a protein being triggered by a medicine we were giving them. We were giving them Arimidex, mm -hmm. which is designed to block mm -hmm. the production of estrogen out of testosterone. Mm -hmm. And yet the blocking drug mm -hmm. was giving, was producing a protein that was interfering with the lab test and the lab test erroneously read it as high estrogens. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem. Nothing done to or by human beings is perfect. Mm -hmm. Well, we also know that biotin strongly interferes with reading all the hormones. And it's a very common supplement people take and don't know they're getting a lot sure. of it. Yes, you're absolutely right. There are so many uh, supplements that interact with labs. Mm -hmm. Biotin, particularly when people use for hair loss prevention, mm -hmm. interferes so much with thyroid. Mm -hmm. It really, it, it, you know, I tell people don't take the two together because we will never get a baseline thyroid uh, assessment for you mm -hmm. um, and but it doesn't raise the levels it just interferes with the yeah reading. it does yeah. interfere yeah. it's the lab test gets screwed up it's mm -hmm. not your body it's just the lab test and mm -hmm. so to to prove his point you know some supplement must have interfered but why suddenly right yeah doesn't make that makes unless you he made a sudden change in his supplements something, yeah but if the supplements were the same yeah and the lab test suddenly jumped yeah, then I suspect the lab test rather than right. the supplement. Right. But, but also, what is high estradiol? You know, we, yeah. we don't have a reference range well, for him. And Yeah, well, but when he called us a, a few weeks ago, it was quite high. It was at 200 or something. Oh. It, was, it, it was a big, big so, number. Uh, for 300. A, yep. 300. Wow. So from a yeah. baseline normal to suddenly jump to that, that's yeah. quite significant. That sounds like a lab yeah. error. Yeah. All right. Well, at okay. any rate, well, thank, thank you're you welcome, much, sir. Uh, uh, take care. Yeah. Okay. Take, right. care. Take care, sir. Bye-bye. Thanks, John. That opens up a line for you if you're listening today, 800-465-8770. Let's move on to line two. Ernie in Burlington has a question. And what's your question, Ernie? Hello, Ernie. Good morning, Dr. Mixon, et cetera. Um, I'm an 89-year-old male, <laughs> sure. obviously. Um, so many, maybe nine months ago, you talked about what aging does to, from, from a health standpoint to various individuals. Mm -hmm. One of the things you mentioned was that we grow, we grow less as we get older. My wife died yes. a year and a half ago, and I think since that time my hair has not grown less. It's grown more. It's, it's almost like I'm a 20-year-old again with my facial hair, my hair on my head, and hair yep. in my ears all over the place. Yes. And I'm just, uh, it's, 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 it's annoying. That's what it is. All right. Uh, <laughs> well, I got to tell you, as I'm getting older, the hair on my head is growing less. So I'd like a little bit. Of, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, women have been known to make men 
pull their hair out. But that's a whole different issue. Um, I I can't explain that one. What what would happen unless? Well, no. I mean, dehydrotestosterone if, levels if, going if down. Was, if he just started hormone replacement therapy, it would explain the body hair. It would not explain why he's getting more scalp hair. Yeah. Um, I don't know about that. Yeah, but I mean, I'd love to take the hair off my chest yeah. and belly and put Did it on the top put, of my head. Well, some drugs, Jerry, if somebody put him on a finasteride or something like that, for whatever reason, he might be experiencing. Well, you start but, taking minoxidil. I don't know. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, finasteride would would decrease loss it wouldn't cause growth i don't know um interesting vitamins minerals like the supplements uh -huh. i'm pretty pretty good as far as health wise is concerned don't have cancer uh don't have any uh, major uh, problems with uh, my liver or my uh, testosterone seems to be in the right range um i i have no uh, diabetes yeah. And the major operation I had was the replacement of my aortic valve back in 2015. And uh, I recuperated from that very fine. And so, you know, it's just, it's just annoying. That's all. Yeah. I don't know. You know, if you're a man in your 80s and you're suddenly growing more hair on your head, I would roll my eyes to heaven and whisper, thank you, God. <laughs> <Yeah>. Because <laughs> you've got just the opposite problem the rest of us do. So... <laughs> You know. Yeah, many men your age would would die for. More. Well, no, if they die, it's, it stops growing in a few days. Would spend a lot of money. Yeah, they spend a lot, of, and, and they do spend a lot of money doing hair transplants and stuff. That's right. My friend, count your blessings. You know, you're doing great. With the fact that my uh, my my dad was born in Sicily, as well as his two other brothers, and my brother has a long hair, a lot of hair, but he's only about. Uh, 77 years old, uh, 12 years uh, younger than I am. Uh -huh. So I don't, I don't know whether my background in Sicilian uh, is, has to do anything with it. I don't know. I suddenly increase it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, let me ask Guido next time I come across him. <laughs> uh, I ha yeah, I have no idea. Um, okay, what well, is the calls today? <laughs> I've been to call you a long time, but uh, I figured maybe I get through today. So, appreciate it. All right. Thank you for the call, sir. Hey, thank you for the call. It made us laugh. Thank you, We wish you all the best. Thank you. Hey, that opens another line, 800-465-8770. Leading Edge Medicine is what you're listening to today. Lots of people listening this morning and calling. Let's move on to Don in Des Moines. He has a question. Don, what's your question for the doctors? Hello, Don. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, Dr. Mixon, I recently had sold shoulder surgery uh -huh. so as a longevity patient would it be prudent for me to temporarily increase testosterone in an effort to promote healing uh yes and also to make sure that your senescent cells are suppressed well you might want to talk to your longevity I, doc about the senescent cell therapy too i did that uh Good. probably three weeks before the surgery perfect and, that's exactly and what you want week, yeah, yeah. Per your advice, actually, I called you um, okay. a month or so ago. And I'm having PRP uh, treatment uh -huh. next week. Good. When, when would it be appropriate for me to have another dose of senescent cell treatment? I wish I knew. Yeah, this is one of those things that's driving us crazy. Um, every different tissue in your body puts out a different mix of senescent cell products. And so your skin puts out different products than your fat, which puts out different than your muscle, which puts out different than your brain and your kidney and your liver and everything else. And so the researchers are going crazy right now trying to figure out what we can measure in blood that might give us a good indication of when somebody needs another senescent cell treatment. Mm -hmm. uh, we know that we can, you know, that nine days of therapy will drop the average person about 70%. And that's fine because most of us over 50 have a significant number of senescent cells. But then we each make new senescent cells at a different rate, depending on how much we exercise and what our diet is like and how many polyphenols are in our diets and our supplements. And so the question of when to retreat uh, comes down to a clinical judgment. 
usually the people that are get a senescent cell therapy, within about two weeks, as their levels drop, they start feeling significantly better. When they start to slump again is usually when we, we retreat them. But that's a very subjective sort of evaluation, and it's not nearly as good as we'd like to do. I really like my patients to pair the Prolon diet when they're doing these because it cleans up that mm -hmm. cellular damage they're trying to get rid of without a heavy hit of the desatinib. Yes, yeah. yeah, that's true. And so, you know, the Prolon prior to the desatinib therapy is is always a nice way. I know Samara has been recommending mm -hmm. it for some time too. Um, you know, for me, you know, I tend to do the big one. And then I do three days and about six weeks or so. And then I do another three days and six weeks. And then if I'm not feeling as good as I want to, maybe the following you know, couple of months, I'll do two three-day cycles. And I end up doing a full nine-day cycle about uh, every six to nine months. Um, but you know, do, do I have objective data to say that's the right thing? No, that just seems to what fits my personal physiology pretty well. Yeah, you're right. Maybe, Mark, shall we take a break and then come back and... Yeah, I think we need to uh, go up. to break time here. Maybe we'll continue this call a little bit after the break yeah. as well. That opens go away, up, my friend. Opens up a line for you if you're listening today. Okay. 800-465-8770. 800-465-8770 with your questions. This is Leading Edge Medicine brought to you by Longevity Medical Clinic. Leading Edge Medicine. Listen to past programs by going to lmclinic.com. Call in now at 1-800-465-8770. That's 800-465-8770. Longevity Medical Clinic is happy to announce that Longevity Development, the business and marketing arm of Longevity Medical Clinic, has entered a strategic management relationship with Paramount Pharmacy. As a medical clinic, we cannot tell anyone where they have to go to fill their compounded prescriptions. We can only make suggestions. But for the last two years, we have referred our patients to Paramount Pharmacy for three key reasons. Excellent quality control, excellent pricing, and excellent customer service. And now, due to our new management oversight and relationship, Longevity Development and Paramount are actually working together to better serve our patients. A team approach to better health care. It truly can make a difference. And now, to celebrate and to convince you that we truly feel we can better serve your health needs while saving you money, Paramount has agreed to make an offer to all new patients willing to give Paramount to try. Try. On your first prescription only, Paramount is offering you a 90-day supply for their 30-day cost. That's right, a 90-day prescription for the 30-day cost. All you need to do is call Paramount at 425-251-1660. It's as simple as that. Call 425-251-1660. I finally went and took that free test and it didn't hurt. I went ahead and, and uh, moved forward with uh, genetic testing and inflammatory markers and stuff like that. So I'm encouraged to see what those results are. So how would this work for my father at 80 years old? Hear that whistle, it's 10 Welcome back to Leading Edge Medicine, and we're continuing a call with Don from Des Moines, but there is uh, a line open for you to call as people are dancing in the studio here. 800-465-8770 is your number to call for questions for uh, Dr. Mixon, Dr. Umat, or Dr. Brazel. We have three doctors in today. You know, um, normally I love a break from the radio, so last week was a very welcome break, but I actually huh? missed being here. Yeah. I, I was around town. We, um, you know, Sunil was on call, so we have yeah. to hang around town. It was a fun weekend. It was nice. But then come Monday morning, I say, yeah, you know, I miss that. And today it seems like I've been gone forever. Yeah, well, see, last <laughs> week I was up in Victoria with my wife and daughter. Yeah. 
I wasn't missing it at all. <laughs> I wasn't missing it on the weekend, but come back. I was like, yeah, it's been a long time since yeah, I did the radio. I know, I know. <laughs> but anyway. Oh, anyway, so, Don, no, yeah. a couple of things. The only yeah. really great tests we can do for senescent cells right now involve tissue biopsies. And, and that's the frustrating thing. If we actually go in and take a piece of your tissue out, we can stain it and see the, the senescent cells. They, they stain differently than normal cells. But, you know, most people, including me, do not want anybody cutting out hunks of, <laughs> of my skin, fat, or muscles on a regular basis. So that's why everyone in the industry is desperate to find a good mm-hmm. blood-based laboratory right. test. And, and just coming back from the conference in April, Jerry, they're still reinforcing everything that we do do, which is complete blood counts, metabolic panel, uh, inflammation markers. So those baselines we are measuring anyways, and mm-hmm. they, but unfortunately, they're not really uh, specific to yeah. this. The only ones that I've seen that can be measured in white cells, and, and again, because white cells are a tissue, mm-hmm. um, so if they isolate the white blood cells, they can measure uh, P13 and P53. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that's that's still kind of an iffy research and the commercial labs aren't doing it for us yet. So right. we're kind of stuck. And then the only other comment Dr. I... Dr. I w- yeah. I'm, I'm, real quickly, and, and I'm sorry to interrupt. So based on the imaging done prior to surgery, x-rays and MRI, the surgeon <laughs> was pleasantly surprised how much better my tissue was based on the imaging. And I suspect, you know, obviously I had nothing to prove it or to base it on, but I suspect it's from being a, a longevity a patient and the senescent mm-hmm. cell treatment that I've undergone last year. Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. what can I tell you? Um, I, that's why I do my senescent cell therapy right. <laughs> regularly. But Samara had a suggestion about your testosterone. So. Yeah, um, I was going to suggest that you talk to your longevity doctor about increasing the dose of testosterone cream. And what I have suggested to patients in the past is to apply the cream at the site of the surgery. That provides local anti-inflammatory benefits. And so rather than just increase the dose randomly, just go ahead and make sure they're monitoring you, watching you for potential side effects. Mm -hmm. But apply the cream to where you've had your surgery. It will really help in the healing process. Well, it it, it will help it. Yeah. yeah, good. But, you know, it's kind of interesting because applying the testosterone to the wound mm. will actually give an uglier scar okay? because it, it triggers growth. And so the, the fibrin in the scar grows. So you're, you're healing the ligaments, you're healing the tendon, you're healing the muscles, but you also get a bigger scar. Prettier scars come from putting some estrogen. <laughs> so if your wife is in the clinic, you might take a little dab of her estrogen cream and just with a fingertip rub that right on the incision itself. And that gives a much smoother, prettier, more cosmetically attractive scar. And that estrogen is not going to hurt you either. So science has changed about estradiol in men. So the bias, if your wife is our patient and using it, will actually be very helpful. Right. But, Jerry, if that fails, he can come to Bella Medica and we can take care of it for him. And we have machines that will make the scar smaller. That's true. Right. Well, well I, prefer, I prefer the badass look, so I'll go with the heavy scar. Oh, okay. One of those. All right. All right. We have tattoo so, removal as what, well for what, later. Well. Well, then go ahead and put your testosterone yeah. on it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, well, let me, I'm, I'm going to tell a little story here just about uh, the first night I was with my wife. Okay. Um, so as many people that are listening to the show for a while know, I got a lot of scars. <laughs> you know, when I was young and dumb and had way more hormone than brain, I ran off and joined the Army, and I've got uh shrapnel wounds and gunshot wounds and one bayonet wound and all sorts of stuff. Um, I am definitely one of those people who's prettier with his clothes on than off. And uh, when I had, had met my, my wife, Mandine, the first night we were going to spend together, I reminded her that I had told her about all these scars, but she had never seen them before. And uh, so I was a little worried because I really, really was in love with this woman. I wanted her for to be mine forever. And I didn't want her getting offended by my scarring. And so I told her, I said, you know, honey, you've heard about them, but there's a difference in seeing these ugly scars and, and hearing. And she said, 
Jerry, let me decide what I think. So she unbuttoned my shirt and took it off. She undid my trousers and dropped them down around my ankles, and I'm standing there in my shorts. She started at my front, and she walked all the way around my body, running her fingertips over some of the big scars and puckers and holes in my body, got all the way back around to my front, looked up into my eyes, and said, those are our warrior's scars. They make me feel safe because I know you'll fight to protect what you love. Uh-huh. She could not have scripted that better had yeah. it come from Hollywood. You know, I wanted to pick her That's up, beautiful. C- carry her off, and marry her on the spot. Yeah. In fact, I did pick her up and carry her to the next room where there was a bed. <laughs> you know, I reminded you there was a picture that um, that a long time ago now that you were holding her in your hand. Yeah. I have seen that picture. <laughs> yes. Yeah, one of my show-offs in my, from my past was I loved picking my wife up with one hand and holding her in the air. Yeah. Uh, oh. so. No, that's a very sweet story, but She's a little yeah. sweet Chinese girl, and I'm a great big hulking. So, you know, it works out. Don, a little too much information than you asked for. But to go back to your oh, question, that was, a great, that was a great story. Isn't that awesome? So testosterone is yeah. good for you. Intermittent fasting in the five-day program, I certainly would recommend that. And then the senescent cell therapies, based on what you and your doctor decide, would be very helpful as well. Can I ask you a really else? quick question for my wife? Yeah. yeah. Sure. Is it, is, it, is it recommended for a healthy female to have an annual mammogram, or is that controversial? At what age? Um, you know, the, you, yeah, she, she's in the range where she should have it every year. Um, and actually, the I, people that are worried about radiation, because it's true, the radiation will raise cancer risk a little bit, but it will find so many early cancers that it'll save a lot more lives than it costs. So as a public health measure, the mammogram is a net positive by a long shot. Now, if cost were not an object, I would go with MRIs. Mm. Okay, MRIs and ultrasounds will pick up even more early cancers than the mammograms do, mm. because they're they're more sensitive. You see a, you see a finer dis, uh, d- uh, discrimination within the soft tissues with the MRI, but they cost about a hundred times more, and so. You know, there are a lot more companies that are starting to do uh, preventative MRIs that are now, um, you know, charging outside of insurance. We don't have anything in Seattle yet, but I think it will come. But other big country, uh, other big states um, like California and up north in Vancouver and other big cities around the United States are starting to offer screening MRIs that uh, people can pay. So these are your markers. They do do a review with you as well. And the radiation exposure with all of this is very minimal. So it's a whole body scan. It will look at breast tissue as well. It'll look at brain, bone, everything. And then you can do those as frequently as you want to. And the radiation exposure is minimal. Uh, But if you want to go the insurance route, then you are subject to what the limitations are. And your policy. Yeah. And some of them do restrict you to every two years. So you'll have to find out what she can and cannot do. But MRIs are a good way to go. Now, there's another thing that ultrasound and looking at heat. um, Some people do do that. Some people believe in that. And simple reason is there's no radiation exposure to that. I have seen them in the past. Nobody recently has brought me one of those. So I don't know if they're going out of favor or not because the MRIs are becoming more popular. But there are people doing that every other year in order to avoid radiation exposure. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's not the gold standard. And see, my wife's in her mid-40s, and I just pushed her to get her first mammogram. Yeah. And that's a good idea. Everybody should. Well, the other thing to consider that every woman has an individual risk. If you look at your last mammogram report, it'll tell you, do you have fibrocystic breast disease? Do you have dense breasts? Those women absolutely should be getting an annual until they're told they're not needing anymore, whereas the MRI might be the extended conversation after that, depending on the findings. So that's the BIRAD score. It's always at the bottom of the report, but it's not the little letter you get at home that says your thing is fine. So you actually have to see the report. Do you have dense breasts? Do you have fibrocystic breast disease? But the thing is that when you put women on estrogens, Mm -hmm. they're going to have dense breasts. Yes. And and that's just because the 
the breast atrophy. The, the mm-hmm. breast tissue itself shrivels up and an older just, woman ends up with just fat and skin mm-hmm. and no real breast tissue. And so if we give them our estrogens to protect mm-hmm. their brain and their heart and their lungs and their skin and their mm-hmm. bones, they are going to get more youthful, denser breasts. And the problem with that, Dawn, for your purpose, is that the more dense or fibrocystic the breast tissue is, it's harder to see a cancer. Mm-hmm. And so those women do need more frequent screening. Mm-hmm. And the MRI can be covered by the insurance at that point if it's a considered a high-risk density. And then personal history, you know, family history. Those really play a huge role as well in decision-making, especially for insurance purposes. But the upshot is get her checked. Thank you very much. You guys are outstanding. Appreciate it. <laughs> Take care, sir. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay, thanks, Don. We'll get uh, back to some more calls here in just a moment. I want to mention the phone number again is 800-465-8770. Call in your questions right now. Three doctors in the studio, Dr. Mixon, of course, Dr. Umat, and special guest today, Dr. Christine Brazel is in studio as well. Back with more of your calls, Leading Edge Medicine. Thank you for listening today. Leading Edge Medicine. Leading Edge Medicine. Don't believe the lie that you have to fall apart at the normal rate and see what your options really are at lmclinic.com. Stay tuned for more. Is chronic pain beginning to make your everyday life a challenge? Then consider the only doctor with over 30 years of experience in pain medicine techniques, including stem cell therapy. That's Dr. Daniel Nelson, MD, with Eastside Pain and Regenerative Medicine. Here's what a satisfied patient had to say. Yeah, I started about like a year and a half ago. Uh, I started having some sharp pain in my left hip. It's getting tough to climb upstairs, uh, tough to play with the kids. Everybody was kind of pointing towards the same thing of, you know, you had to get a hip replacement. And Dr. Nelson's great about saying, hey, you know, there's there's different types of medicine out there that we can help fix this without surgery. Six to eight weeks later, you start to realize like, oh, I, I can climb a stair. And it was really actually kind of great after that eight week mark, like oh, I can start doing things. So definitely see the results pretty quick. Don't let pain take control of your life. Consider stem cell therapy with Dr. Daniel Nelson, MD, 425-823-4000. That's 425-823-4000. Or you can find Dr. Daniel Nelson online at danielnelsonmd.com. I went to the Linwood office and I must tell you, your staff is so amazing. At, at longevity, they talk to you. They, they make you understand what's going on and they give you the numbers so you have a starting point. And that's what I love about coming to you guys. You know I can be found. Okay, there's the king. And your calls right now, 800-465-8770, Leading Edge Medicine. And uh, John's been waiting on the line for a while. John from Auburn, what is your question for the doctors today, John? Hello, John. Good morning. Um, Sucralose, there's just a recent study that said it's genotoxic. And there's so many things like whey powders that include sucralose in it mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. acesulfine K. Mm-hmm. Um, evidently, sucralose is a little more dangerous than sugar. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things more dangerous than sugar. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have said I had I know, that's what in my you coffee. Said. I know, that that's probably what you sparked said. a call. <laughs> yeah. Did you say it on air? <laughs> oh, you did. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's all your I'm, fault, I'm learning, Mark. I'm learning. See, it's your I'm, fault. I'm being virtuous. I've only got green tea in my cup this morning. So. Oh, i got to have that coffee shot. My yeah, well. goodness. <laughs> Anywho, yeah. Um, I, I do not like artificial sweeteners, period. Okay. Um, Splenda is probably your best bet, I guess. But really and truly, I, I just don't like artificial sweeteners. You mean if stevia? I, stevia. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. That's from it, a plant. Yes, it, yeah. well, it's a plant leaf. It, yeah. yeah. But stevia is probably the, quote, most natural, least dangerous that we know of. Of course, next week, somebody may come out with a study mm-hmm. on stevia. I don't uh-huh. know. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, if I need to sweeten something, I put a little bit of honey in it. Uh, I love the taste of honey. You know, it's me and Pooh Bear. 
Uh, but uh, the, the trick isn't how much sugar or honey you use as a sweetener. It's how much and how often and what is your total calorie intake. Yeah, I mean, I can understand some people who do crave that. It might be very hard for them, but time and time again, it's, you know, whenever I'm telling people what to do, it's always count the sugar, count the sugar, cut out the sugar, cut out the sugar. Our problem is is Mother Nature. You know, human breast milk is very sweet, and the good Lord made it that way, and, and that's to encourage babies to nurse and drink and get some, you know, some calories in so they can grow and be healthy. And so, right at our mother's breast, we are introduced to sweet is good. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. we're and we are genetically coded to seek out that. Yeah, and, and as a consequence, I sometimes wonder if our cultural craving for everything to have sweetness in it might be this this urge to return to mom's security or some such thing. Hey, I don't know about that. Uh, it just feels good for a while. And then after that, you crash and you go, oh, my God, why yeah, did I do and, that? <laughs> you know, um, and again, this is, I used to do really sweet stuff just like everybody else back when I was Fat Jerry with my big round belly. I ought to put some of those pictures of me, you know, 50 pounds heavier on the website, just mm. so people can see. Before and afters. This is me. This is Dr. Mixon when he started his program. This is Dr. Mixon now at 76. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's actually a good idea. Because I, it looks like a totally different person. Mm-hmm. But I used to eat, yeah, I, if I had coffee, I dumped two, three, four spoonfuls of sugar in it. Mm. Uh, you know, I would go to, at, at lunch, I'd go over to Safeway because right then is when they took that fresh bread out of the oven mm. and they had this, they had this incredible cheese, raisin, wa- walnut bread. Mm. <laughs> and I would buy it and eat the whole damn loaf. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Well, Costco does have an amazing cranberry walnut bread. <laughs> yeah. Um, but since I started living healthier, yeah. you know, I've had to cut weight on my sweet. And it got a lot easier when I married Bandine because the Chinese don't do sweet. Mm. You know, uh, they just don't do much in the way of sugar. And our daughter has been raised on, on that Asian Chinese diet. Mm. And she had a Coke. Where I remember her taking a sip of Coke and saying, yuck, that's way too sweet. Yeah, it you is. Know? And we don't argue with her. <laughs> yeah. So, Another um, advantage of getting those artificial sweeteners out of the diet is that it keeps your craving going. It's making you mm-hmm. eat something you know you shouldn't be eating anyway. So by eliminating them, the brain kind of calms down and doesn't start looking for the cookies and the next snack and the next snack. And they do that by design. So DNA damage aside, Splenda is designed to trick you to keep going when you probably should have stopped a little while ago. Mm-hmm. And it makes it a lot easier to stick to intermittent fasting and some of our other diet plans when you don't put the artificial sweetener in. Mm, yep. For sure. So... Um, Get the Splenda and everything else super sweet out of your diet, my friend. That's all we can tell you. Um, one, one other thing um, concerning healing from, like surgery or a mm-hmm. wound. Yeah, uh, I haven't heard you mention HGH. Does that make sense to administer HGH? Yeah. HGH or HCH? Human growth hormone. Okay, yeah, HGH. In this state, we can't use it. Um, every other, almost every other state in the union, there, last time I checked, and it's been a while, there were three states that, that took the position that it was opposed to federal law, and that was Washington, Oregon, and Massachusetts. Every other state in the union recognizes that, that you can, the doctors can write growth hormone off-label. So we are, we have a rogue, medical board here that doesn't follow the law or the science, unfortunately. Um, so any doctor that writes it in this state is putting his license in jeopardy. But would it help? Uh, well, yes. could, you just, could you just pop on down to Oregon, get a prescription from a doctor and come back? <laughs> no, like I said, Washington, Oregon, and Massachusetts are oh, the three that, oh, that say no. About that. Yeah, you can, you know, keep driving. Yeah. Keep driving. You, can go, you can go over to Idaho and get it. That's, you know, that doctor doesn't have any any risk or, you know, Illinois or Texas or Florida or <laughs> just about anywhere in the country. 
Um, the federal courts have been unanimous in holding that doctors do have a legal right under federal law to write growth hormone off-label. But our board, like I said, is is a bit of a rogue. So we're, we're kind of stuck. They're not right, but they have the power. And in this case, you know, might makes right. They have the power. Ergo, we have to follow their, their lead. You indicated at one time that human growth hormone can, can send you in a bad direction. Yes, uh, sure. Or in a good direction. Yeah. Well, yeah, what, growth hormone it does, it, it helps tissue to grow faster. You know, and that's why athletes loved to use it. And that's why the, you know, the, the surveillance boards won't let them use it because it gives them an unfair advantage over other athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, for instance, it speeds up bone turnover. So if your metabolism has shifted towards bone growth, it'll make your bones grow stronger, denser, faster. But if your metabolism, like many older people, has shifted towards bone loss, growth hormone will make your bones thin faster. So it speeds up whatever's happening. Mm-hmm. Okay, And so it, it can speed up growth. It can speed up destruction. Cancer? Diabetes? Diabetes is something we were worried about in the 1980s and early 90s. Mm-hmm. But it turns out that growth hormone, when you take it, the first four to six weeks, blood sugars go up a bit. Mm-hmm. But then they normalize. Oh, good. And when you look at people that are, that because of pituitary damage mm-hmm. and they're using really high doses of growth hormone, I mean, 10 times more than we would normally mm-hmm. use for, for older people, their risk of diabetes is the same as people that are not using it. The, the function is weight, is fat. And people with low growth hormone tend to be fat. Mm-hmm. And because they, they can't make muscle very well. Mm-hmm. And so being fat gave them a high risk of diabetes. It wasn't the growth hormone. It was the obesity. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. And the cancer incidence, again, the, the international uh, database that now has hundreds of thousands of years of people on growth hormone. Again, cancer incidence is totally flat, just the same as with non-users. Mm-hmm. So these things about cancer and diabetes really outdated by 50 years. Um, but again, we, we just can't use it in this state. Um, a cancer patient, would rapamycin be a benefit to a cancer, to a cancer patient? Uh, probably not. We don't really know. Here's our problem. We've got a lot of data on rapamycin. you got to remember, this this drug was only discovered about 2012. <laughs> so it's very new. We've had it around for only about 10 or 11 years. And it was a research tool the first five years. So we've only had it in clinical medicine for less than a decade. In people that are that are taking it every day for transplant uh, suppression, they do very well. But I had I don't have any data on rapamycin taken by cancer patient. Most doctors are kind of afraid to, to go there. There so, is a slight increased li- risk of lymphoma um, in pe- people taking it over the yeah. long run if they're cancer pa- the transplant patients. Yeah, but those are, again, every day. Yeah. And <laughs> most people that are taking rapamycin for aging take it one dose a week mm-hmm. instead of a dose every day for years at a time. And it's a low dose. And Well, it's relatively low dose. Milligrams. Yeah. Well, one or two milligrams, uh, although I'm, I take six once a week, and Bandine is on four, um, just because she has lower body mass than me. But, you know, the problems that we do know about with rapamycin is your cholesterol will go up, your blood sugar will go up. Growth hormone only raises your blood sugar the first four to six weeks. Rapamycin will raise your blood sugar and keep it up long term, as long as you're on it, even with weekly administration. So you do need to, to monitor your A1C. You do need to monitor your lipids carefully if you're going to be on rapamycin. Okay. Well, thank you very much for answering all my questions. You're welcome, sir. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. Thank you, John. And uh, we're getting toward the top of the hour break, and we'll get to our next call after that. But there's a special event coming up on June 24th in Kirkland. Uh, who wants to tell us more about that? 
Okay, she's pointing at me. <laughs> well. Because <laughs> if I'm going to get the finger from a staff, it should be uh, pointing at me, not some other. But, <laughs> no, I've been gently asking. <laughs> gently asking. She points. You, you, you. Um, all right. On the 24th, we're going to be doing a combination of the gallery test, which is a blood test that screens for 50 different cancers. Now, recognize that test is 1250 bucks, but it's 50 cancers is only $25 per test. So that's pretty small, really. Um, but in order to encourage folks, what we're also doing is, along with the gallery test, for an extra 250 bucks, we're going to do our full lab panel that we would normally do for 600 bucks. So we're cutting that from 600 to 250 uh, and putting it with the gallery for that's a total of fourteen ninety five. Yeah. Um, and so you can get screened for fifty cancers and get our whole great big seventy page printout type of lab work and for one. fourteen of and an hour with a doctor to go over all the results with you. So, you know, those of you that are budget conscious and you really want to get as much bang for the buck as you possibly can, the 24th of this month is the time to do it. Give our clinic a call and it is only being done in the Kirkland Clinic this time. But uh, if you want to call 866-86-YOUNG and come on in, we will be delighted to draw your blood, follow you up, get you an hour with a doctor and your lab work. Mm -hmm. Great. Sign up for that at 866-86-YOUNG. You can also find out more at lmclinic.com. That special gallery health fair in the Kirkland Clinic only, again, happening on June 24th. We need to take a break here at the top of the hour. You are listening to Leading Edge Medicine, brought to you by Longevity Medical Clinic. <laughs> 